podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Premier League Forecast. It's Friday, 10 p.m., and tonight we're joined by Luke, Matt, and Kev. Uh, good evening, everyone. How are we all? Not too Luke? bad. Yeah, Matt, not too bad. Kev, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm loving life. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah. All right, well, we've got three Liverpool fans and a Man United fan who's going to come to gloat. So, please Guess who's the, the Man U fan? <laughs> In the chat, be nice. Uh, but yeah, no, look, it's with the week that was in it. I'm glad the news that broke on Monday broke on Monday because it meant we didn't have to talk about the shit show from Wolves all week. It was great. Yes. But we're going to talk about four games tonight. We're going to talk about the um, Liverpool Everton, obviously. We're going to talk about Manchester United against Leeds, West Ham, Chelsea, and Palace against Brighton. Four games with four with eight sides who absolutely hate each other's guts for different reasons. So that's the reason we went with those games and not with, you know, Arsenal, Brentford and what have you, because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, who cares? But with the week that's in it, Kev, I'll come to you first. LeBron James was come away from football for a minute. Yep. LeBron James broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's score, all points scoring record. Can you like explain how big an achievement that is? I mean, to put it into to a context of how like insane it is, um, when you look at people that who everyone kind of widely considers to probably be the best player of all time, in Michael Jordan, yeah. Michael Jordan, I think he's a good six, seven thousand points off, which I think that works out. Like the numbers you have to get to average the amount of points that he has, it's incredible. Um, I think. I think it's a lot more of a heated discussion with like really in-depth basketball fans about who was probably considered the best of all time now. I think I think a lot of more people lent towards Michael Jordan, but I think now I think there's some real discussions to be had um, in that kind of space. So it's, it's it's a massive, incredible achievement. Well, to give it, put it into context, his 20 years career, I think uh, his mm. points total was three eight three nine zero. It's like a phone number. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he was a machine. You know, he was like a seven feet center with a sky hook that was like untouchable. The guy Mm. just went forever in a day, didn't get injured and just knocked in point after point after point. He played for ages as well. Yeah, he he played right up until 1989. He started in the 70s. And it was probably one of the basketball records that we thought will never get broken. You know, it was just one of those. And to see that go, I thought it was weird. It was very American how they stopped the game for 10 minutes and did an interview on the court. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, Harry Kane broke Spurs record. It'd be like stopping and, Harry, what do you think, mate? Yeah. You finally did it. Welcome. I, I think I guess it's more of a culture 
over yeah, in America to kind of do that kind of thing. I think I, we saw it with, um, I think Steph broke the three-point record, I think, earlier on this year. Um, he took over Ray Allen, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. the whole, it, all, it, was, it was the same thing. It all went up in gold. Everything stops. And uh, I think that is more of an American culture thing. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't get away with it in England. You definitely 100%. Wouldn't. And Matt, um, switch American sports to Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it is the we were there at the beginning, mate, weren't we? we That's we, right. We yeah. We were there at the start, and now yeah. it's the end. The yeah, end of the doing, road. doing watch alongs for the first couple of weeks of the NFL season. And it seems like it was not that long ago. I mean, it's a short season. That's the one thing about NFL is they, uh, they get in, they get out, and they get done. Um, it's the big game, you know? I don't know if we're legally allowed to even say Superb Owl, uh, you know, without the NFL coming and copyright striking the channel or something like that. So it's it's the it's the big game. But, uh, I mean, what else can you ask for? It's the two best teams in the NFL over the course of the season. Like, the number one seeds from both the conferences. It doesn't happen as often as you would think it would. You know, you'd think the number one seed's the best team, so the best teams win. Playoffs are a weird thing, and crazy things can happen. Uh, but it's... To me, it's a, a great encapsulation of offense against defense. Like the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is a freak of nature. Like I'm a Packers fan. We're coming to the end of an era of Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback. He's been phenomenal. He's a Hall of Fame level quarterback. But he never – he was more of an old school quarterback. And that uh, age quarterback is is kind of done, I think. And now you get the guys like Patrick Mahomes. That, he's a proper athlete, isn't he? Uh, he's – some of the throws that he makes, like I've been watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as my quarterbacks, and I've seen both of those guys make some pretty unorthodox football plays. But like Mahomes seems like he has it drawn up to be unorthodox, whereas those other guys are just kind of, you know, if worse comes to worse and I have to improvise, I'll throw an underhand, you know, shovel pass back across my body. But it seems like they're coming out of the huddle with him being like, I'm just waiting for him to throw it behind his back one of these times. Like that's going to be their, that, that's going to be their Philly special. But uh, to me, I like Philadelphia. I just think defense wins championships. I think the front four for Philadelphia, they racked up like uh, an NFL record, like 70 sacks between the four defensive linemen. Wow. They're they're all just monsters. So if they can get a decent pass rush, pass rush on Kansas City with just those four guys going up against the five from uh, Kansas City, and then Philadelphia can use a linebacker to just kind of spy Mahomes and try to keep him under wraps and then kind of go man for man uh, with the receivers – I think Philadelphia is going to win the Super Bowl just because defense usually wins. Cool. Well, it's most watched show. It's the most watched sporting event, annual sporting event in America. Yeah. As far as I know. Good uh, caveat. In- yeah. You have to throw that in America thing in there. Yeah. The, yeah. Americans, <laughs> the Americans think that the Super Bowl is the biggest thing in the entire world. And it's just you nope. show them the figures for a Champions League final and it just dwarfs yeah. the Super Bowl. It is literally like just go back into your box for a little bit. What? But. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh i mean who's the halftime show rihanna is making her glorious comeback i'm not a rihanna fan but i've seen the fucking commercial so many times watching nfl this year that it is the apple music presents rihanna's miraculous comeback halftime show or whatever yeah. it is so well it's going to be on free to wear in the uk on itv around we were trying to work it out around 11 p.m so what day is it it's tomorrow. Sunday. It's on. It's so, oh, yeah. It's Sunday. Sorry. Right, okay. So as long as you've got a, a late shift on Monday or you've got a holiday day, then I think you're golden. But switch sports again, Luke. We've UFC this weekend. Yes, it's UFC What's 284. 
Okay, what's Perth, the story? Australia. Um, pound for pound number one in Alexander Volkanovsky. He's trying to jump up and become a UFC double champion uh, where he takes on Islam Makhachev, who's the lightweight champion who, who just come off of beating Charles Oliveira for the belt in Abu Dhabi. That wasn't uh, late ago. last year. It wasn't. So, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting because obviously it's the first time the UFC have marketed pound for pound number one, pound for pound number two. But a preview, a preview that I've uh, that I'm currently in the middle of uploading, me and Callum from Coppage were talking about how under promoted it's been completely. Like there's been very little spoken about it. There's more interest in this slap. Fight me! What's that about? Which is fucking ridiculous because everything that's that people call the UFC for, like, oh, it's it's this, it's that. Then you introduce slap fighting in it. It's so ridiculous, and people call themselves (laughs) professional. (laughs) I can't even say professional people that slap people. It's just ridiculous. And there's more. We're past the watershed. You can say it. I saw yeah, some professional slappers. Professional slappers. Hit so um, hard it's that like, they roll it's not, like, Sorry, it's Kev. Not great. Like, I saw someone get hit so hard that they got back up and then done like a front flip roly poly kind of thing because they just couldn't stand. Like I, I don't know how that is a sport. That, that but, is but apparently, it's it's entertaining, and they've uh, one of the future UFC events. They've actually made it earlier for people that live in the UK, so it's great for me and Kev. But they've moved it so early, so they can use the popularity of that event to promote the slap fight pay per view that's later on that day. What thinking, time? What time know, is the UFC event tomorrow? Uh, this week. Um, well, it's Sunday at three AM, so I'll be doing oh, a watch along with that. Tell them so. The late shift, the graveyard no. shift, three AM to about oh. six thirty. Dedication. And I'll be sleeping half half. Damn, you really like (laughs) UFC, man. That is like I like cricket, but I don't like cricket enough to get up at two, three in the morning. Like that's just that's what happens if you want to watch. I'll sleep. I I know that's why that's why the football is the absolute best for me. Like I'm five hours behind Mm. you guys, so the earliest games are on at seven in the morning. It's just perfect. For me, I'm up till six a.m. every morning watching basketball. (laughs) It's a joke. Yeah. Okay, on that note, we better get back to the day job. Uh, we'll leave Liverpool and Everton for a bit. Thanks. Let's just skip through the first two, okay? Crystal Palace and Brighton. Um, I mean, this rivalry goes back to the 70s with Terry Venables. And I suppose at the end of the day, if you're, li- if you're living in Brighton and you're on the South Coast, you ain't really got a rival anywhere. So you may as well pick one from up the road about your size. And Crystal Palace fit the bill. Luke, um, Brighton are going really well. You know, credit where it's due. We've seen enough of them to last a lifetime over the last few yeah, weeks. I think I've had enough of them. To be yeah. Honest, I don't want to play them ever again. <laughs> but what, uh, as far as I know, Ewan Ferguson's injury wasn't that bad. He should be back in contention for this weekend. Um, how do you see this one going? Because Brighton need to get, keep this run going. If they're yeah. to maintain a challenge just for the top for look, they're legitimately in with a chance so of at the moment top four. Brighton are 34 points, 20 games played. They are two games in hand on Spurs with 39. And Palace are 12th, uh, 24 points, 21 games played. But for me, I think all the momentum's with with Brighton at the moment, because 
no one's really, especially after Gray and Potter left for Chelsea, the expectation for Brighton was was just try not to get dragged into the relegation battle. But I think what Brighton are doing, they are punching way above their weight financially. And the fact is that they've managed to keep Caicedo after yeah. he did the whole, please let me leave to go to Arsenal and Brighton were very much no. I think Europe is a massive possibility for Brighton. And if they could get Europe this year, that would be... Deserby would have taken what Potter has done as added goals, which I think is the one thing that was missing from Brighton. All the great passing, possession, but they just lacked that killer threat up front. And I know you're happy, Kev, because it's a young yeah. Irish kid that's banging in the goals for them. And or, and obviously Matoma, as what a what a bargain he was to just just pluck another player out of the middle of nowhere. And he's done so well. He he's gonna easily be a fifty million pound player in the summer if someone wants to take him from Brighton. But I think of the momentum of Brighton, uh, I think Palace are sort of, I think Vieira's hit his second season syndrome. I think that I, I just don't think they've really gotten going like they did last season. And they're sort of languishing in, in mid table. They're sort of lucky that there are worse teams than them in the league because they've not lived up to expectations that fans expected from Palace this season. People thought Palace were going to kick on and maybe challenge the top 10 place. But I think Brighton are going to probably win this one. Yeah. Uh, Matt, the Zerbi is doing an exceptional job. Um, there's a lot of talk around the players at Brighton and who they could lose in the summer. Are they in danger with the job that he's doing of potentially losing him? Yeah, possibly. That's the first I've uh, even thought of that just because it seems like yesterday the potter was there and the next big hot thing and he was gone but i deserve improved on what potter left the club with you know he left him kind of like bolted in the night sort of thing as soon as the big offer came from chelsea he was gone and the transition has been beyond seamless for them yeah they might but at the same time it seems like brighton have set themselves up that way it like the Premier League just needs to have a team that is that conveyor belt for a couple of years. So it seems like it's Brighton's turn to be that. It was Southampton, you know, West Ham before that yes, sort of thing. Where, yeah, yeah, where like you just get a hot age group of kids. That's a weird thing to say. Strike <laughs> you get a, you get a, watershed. a strong group of kids that come through your academy and it allows you to to sell young prospects for good value and you know reinvest that money and you know. Good work for Brighton because not a traditional, you know, heavyweight of the English Premier League. They've come up, they've solidified themselves, and now the money is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. So the fact that they are making their push now as opposed to 15, 20 years ago, it just gives them so many more resources to do that. So I think if there's a club that's able to absorb those kind of turnovers and losses and changes in their team it seems like it's brighton at the moment because they just keep pulling gems out of somewhere so yeah kev uh crystal palace it looks like they're going to be uh missing anderson and zaha at the weekend but sellers park is one of those grounds isn't it it's and if that place gets bouncing it's not going to be a gimme for brighton by any stretch is it no i mean it's horrible playing there i mean we played there I think, well, we ended up drawing, didn't we, last minute from Elise scoring a ridiculous free kick. 
but they're they're a good team that are just struggling to score goals. And I think if they can figure that out and they can really get Elise as a Zaha back, if they can f- try and figure out how to get Edward to be able to score some goals, yeah. then I, I think I think they'll be fine. I think defensively they're very good. I think midfield that that Decore that was new, mm-hmm. he he was a real impact when we played against him. Um, and I, I think they've got a good squad. I think they've got a good manager, and they they are very difficult to beat. Um, despite like I said, they don't they don't score a lot. Um, so like yeah, I think I think it's it's going to be a really rough game for Brighton because as much as Brighton are getting over the line, they're not thumping teams like they probably were near the start of the season. Like they're winning one nils with Matoma, or like they're not battering people. So I think it could easily be a, a quite a slow game to be honest. Well. Go around the houses. Luke, what would what would score were you going for this one? 2-0 Brighton. 2-0 Brighton. Matt? Uh 2-2. Two, two. Uh Kev? I'm going nil nil. Going nil nil. I'm going one one. Um I think you're getting to that stage of the season now where pressure is going to start to mount. The, <laughs> the fact they've got two games in hand to Spurs is big. If they can capitalize on that and really mm. put the pressure on then momentum can carry you an awful long way. But at the same time, as we saw last weekend with certain results, Everton with Arsenal, Man City losing at Spurs, it's so easy now at this time of the season to drop three points and they can be big. You know, they really can. Uh, That's a good show from Bonkers, actually. Palace should have took Danny Ings. I think Danny Ings to West Ham, we'll come on to West Ham in a minute, but West Ham are still a big club. You know, there's that playing in front of sixty thousand in London every week is is a huge draw. So I can he's understand why. Already though, right? Yeah. Well, he's he's in. He's always had this niggles. That, well, look, I think yeah, I think one more. We'll come on to West Ham, West Ham, Chelsea. Um, we'll start with Matt. Um, Chelsea have Joe Felix back, and they're still trying to blood in their twenty-seven thousand new signings. <laughs> Are for me, I. He's in danger of ter- Potter's in danger of turning Chelsea into a side that I want to watch, and that kind of makes me gag a bit, if you know what I mean. But the potential is there to make them a really exciting, entertaining, attractive side, and if he gets it right over time, I think it, with the amount of talent that he's bought, I think he's got no choice. He's going to get it right, but someone will. If Potter doesn't, someone will get a tune out of that group of players. They're just they're just too much talent there not to. But how do you think they'll line up this weekend? And what can we expect from it? Because West Ham are at the wrong end of the table as well. You know, they're they need to get back to West Ham ways of being stubborn and hard to beat. Yeah, West Ham is uh West Ham's a troubled club, especially with the Danny Ings extension <laughs> there. The fact that he came in and then immediately got injured. And now Skamak is out for them as well, too. So and West Ham's in some trouble. 19 points sitting in a spot above the relegation zone. is That's not where you want to be when you're past the halfway point of the season. But Chelsea, I mean, Kepa will play goal, that's for sure. Uh, I would love to know whether Kukurela is going to start because I had him in my fantasy team for weeks, and he didn't start. And then I benched him, and he started. So <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know uh, if he's going to go. I wonder, like, Thiago Silva will have to play. Like, to me, like, what you said about eventually Chelsea have to come good is 
Yes, probably, but also maybe not. Because I kind of thought the same thing going back just slightly to Crystal Palace. Like last season, I looked at the attacking options that Crystal Palace had and was like, if one thing, this team won't struggle to score goals. And, you know, Kev, I think it was you that said, like, they're just not scoring goals. Like regardless of all the players they got there that you look at them and you go, yeah, there's some goals there. Chelsea's got the same thing. They've got so many attacking options that Graham Potter is very desperately the most important player on the Chelsea team to me without an absolute question is Thiago Silva because if they can't keep it tight at the back and wait for these offensive players to click they're just going to start losing games if they can at least you know if nil nil if that's what you got to take like against us I think for both teams they would have been pretty happy with that result us because we were on a bit of a downward slide and it was the first quote-unquote big team we had played but them because it's just another game to to bet in guys like Mudrick Enzo hadn't even signed yet at that point so they they certainly are fun to watch because it's like you got a you know new financial takeover on your FIFA career mode and you went out and you spent it all in one window sort of thing and who doesn't want to see how Enzo Fernandez is going to do in the Premier League you know um it'll be interesting so Joe Felix is back or he's got one more game no no he's back he's back now all right that's that's a very expensive red card. I think that cost Chelsea like 1.3 million or something like that. <laughs> right. we'll have that in change. Yeah, because of his loan fee. But um, uh, I don't think there's going to be a ton of change in the Chelsea lineup. The last game they went with uh, Kepa, Kukurea, Badiashile, Thiago Silva, Reese James, a midfield of Enzo, Mount, Gallagher, and attackers of Ziyech, Havertz, and Mudrik. I don't see him changing a lot. It's, I, I, I think he might go with the same <clears throat> the same 11 again. Yeah, I I think he'll have to. Uh, he's got to bring some stability into that squad. He, he's chopping and changing to try and give these players minutes. And he's you he ju- he just have to stop at some point. Yeah. I think Sterling is going to be missing as well. So that's probably helps the fact that he can stick with more or less the same. But Kev... Um, I mean, Chelsea Chelsea have done a madness, haven't they? They've done an... Uh, Matt said it there. If you were on career mode on FIFA, they've literally just... You've just got a cheat code that came with the game and, you know, help it's yourself. Pre-order. Yeah, it is your pre-order special. Mm-hmm. All your, everything comes up Christmas. Yeah. But how do you see it with Chelsea? I mean, they've spent an absolute fortune. But this Windows, they're going to be paying... For the next eight years, eighty million pounds a year in 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 payments. Mm. That's not sustainable for any club. No, you know, I I just want to ask your opinion because I haven't spoken I haven't spoken to you in a while. How no. have you seen it as a Man United fan looking at Chelsea? What they're what they're doing now? I mean, because potentially down the line, this is what you guys could be looking to do with the new ownership coming in and the debts. Well. I think I think they changed yeah, the FFP rules. I think they actually changed it. It was set to change after this window, where I don't think you can actually do it anymore. Um, yeah, but it's, it's changing. Yeah, so. um, but for me, I'm I feel like I'm the only one that just isn't worried. Like they've got 33 senior players. Yeah, 22 of them have to be annoyed each week that they're not playing. And for me, yeah. I, I look at the attackers and I go, "There's no one that I'm." There's no one prolific there. There's no it's one who's names. gonna. There's it's there's a names. lot of names and there isn't a lot of power in it. There's no one that's gonna get you 20 goals a season. There's no one who I would go up against and go. I'm I'm a bit worried about them. The only one probably would be Felix, and he's not even there permanently. That's just a loan. 
Yeah. And I, and I look at it and I think, I don't think Todd Bowley has done Grandpa any favours. I think he's just made his job 10 times harder by basically giving him six players for each position and gone, have fun. Like thinking like he's doing the right thing by going, you've got this much talent. How can you not win? But when all this talent doesn't want to train because half of them ain't going to get a touch on the pitch, like mm. people forgetting people like Raheem Sterling, like we've got Mudrich, Sterling. Like I just think Pulisic. I'm, yeah, like I just I don't look at Chelsea and think I'm scared. Like I think for me, like you said, you think Thiago Silva's your, your like their biggest player. I don't think he is. I think every, every time in the recent years I've seen Chelsea firing and doing well is when Reese James mm. and Ben Chilwell are flying down those wings and are causing problems with overloads, crosses, contributing to goals. So I think if they can get those two playing, great. But I just don't. I just don't look at Chelsea and feel scared. Like I just think they're very beatable. I think Graham Potter's over in over his head. I just do. I just, I'm not. I'm not worried. No, that's a fair. That's a fair show. Um, Luke West Ham. Uh, they should be safe, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. They've got the quality in the squad. I think you saw that in the Newcastle game. I thought West Ham defended very, very well. Aguirre probably made the best tackle of the whole game. Uh, I think Callum Wilson was through on goal. Then he somehow just manages to slide in from behind, get the ball. Um, yeah, I think David Moore should get, be worried about his job because there's too much talent in that team to not be comfortably mid-table. And I think he could be getting sacked soon if they don't pick up results because there are worse teams than West Ham, but West Ham are just such in like a rut. I think it, I, I think West Ham didn't strengthen enough after last season. I still think some of the players are still feeling the exhaustions of the the Europa League run. Plus, they've also been playing Conference League football fairly early. Um, so, I think they should have enough to stay up. But I think they'll be doing it under a different manager because I think uh, another few more negative results and he gets sacked. Yeah, the pressure is definitely going to come. Um, Maybe they go well, for Deserby. He's doing well at Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I'm Deserby, I'm going. I mean, I'm in. I'm in and around. No, I'm in and around West Ham fans. Like this is. I'm in South East London, so like, and the general feeling is they all want him gone. I, yeah, I think they're all fed up of it. I think, and uh, like I said, they've got way too much. Talent. They've got players like Lucas Becker who. That he, was linked, he was linked to Arsenal's and Tottenham's and all these big yeah, yeah, clubs. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of the general feeling, at least where we are, is that like everyone kind of wants him gone. I I think he'll probably get to the end of the season, keep him safe, and I think they'll see what's available then. But I think no matter what happens, no, I think he's done for this. He's done at the end of this season, yeah. no matter what. Um, I'll just go around the houses. I'll stick with you, Luke. What score would you go for in this? Uh, one nil Chelsea, one nil Chelsea, Matt. Nil nil, nil nil, and Kev. I'm gonna go 2 1 Chelsea. Yeah, snap. I'd have done a 2 1 Chelsea. That game gonna be last on match of the day, Matt. Nil nil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it just, it just seems destined that you go out and you buy that much attacking talent and then you just. Lay an egg and lay an egg and lay an egg. <laughs> like I think Chelsea's biggest issue is there's no balance in midfield. Look at the midfield against Fulham. It was Enzo, the deepest lying midfielder, and it was Gallagher and Mount either side. 
Like, there's no balance there. It's, I, I watched that midfield and was like, how... If you wrote that down on paper and handed it to anybody, it'd be like, that's not... That's, that's not a football right. manager midfield that you struggle with. Yeah, like, that's that's just way, way too attacking. And it somehow, it didn't end up helping them at scoring Attack. goals. Like, if anything, yeah. with that super attacking midfield, they were pretty compact defensively, and they looked solid at the back. But going forward, they just seemed to have no question, yeah. like, no, no answers to the question. So Chelsea fans must be pulling their hair out. Like, the longer it goes on where this attacking talent doesn't click, the more frustrated they're going to get. And given that we're and neighbors... There's going to be an absolute fire sell at Chelsea, because they're going to have to... I think I saw like they're willing to get rid of like nine first team players. So if you want a good bargain, Chelsea might be the club that you want to see how much Todd Bowie is willing to sell players for because because <laughs> they're gonna need to get. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, Kev has got a, made a really good point there earlier on when he was talking about the um, the attitude of players. A lot of play, a lot of people will see how a has been treated and how that is gonna square up with the players who are at the club. He can be a really destabilizing influence in clubs. We've seen it at Arsenal. and He looks like he's just, you brought me here. You got rid of the guy who brought me here. You're paying me all this money. You haven't even selected me for the Champions League, but you selected a guy who's here on loan. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is Badashele. I think he's a really good player. Really good signing. He's been superb since he's come in. He hasn't been selected for the Champions League squad. It's because he's so young. I think I, that's purely out of like. But they've selected uh, Fofana, who's been injured since time began. I, I think that's because they went Fofana's back that he will play. I think Badi Shile is an option. Fofana's getting close to coming back too. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah, I know, but it's like I just find it odd. I just think that those kind of decisions down the line could have. Could create a lot of problems for the manager, that, and their problems he's not going to need for sure. I'm like yeah, Kevin. I, I don't I fear agree. Chelsea whatsoever. Yeah. Don't, yeah, I don't I, fear them. I, Let's see sack Potter mm. and get. I think I, I saw tentative rumors that could they get Mourinho back in charge, but even then I wouldn't fear Mourinho. No, I think no, Mourinho never that'll never is, happen. Since Tottenham, that'll never happen. Yeah, but no, like I said, it's just Badi Ashile is the easy option because he's young, he's new, and he he he'll, he'll be willing to. To leave it has been, been superb so far. Yeah, he'll be willing to leave it for half a year. That's, yeah, that's it's, it. I mean, it's it's definitely literally going to have column inches galore for the rest of the season about that club. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, the, a paper never refused ink, and Chelsea journalists and Chelsea podcasts are just going to make ham while this is going on for sure. Yeah. The other, all right, let's move on to number three. <laughs> and talking about clubs who can't stand each other. Leeds and Manchester United. Um, I watched that game midweek, and I got to be honest, it was nice to sit down and watch a proper game of football. It was end to end. It was attacking both sides. It was, it was just a really good game, really entertaining mm. game. And I don't know if we'll get the same again because I don't know how much that would have taken out of Leeds. But Kev, come come to you. You must be over the moon with how. Ten Hag has settled in at Manchester United, and how he's you know he's got a tune out of that squad. He's his signings that in the main have worked out. Anthony jury's still out, but the rest of them he's he's brought in has have done the job. You know they've turned Manchester United from you know Matt was talking about their record, their recent record. 
that wasn't there and hasn't been there for quite a long time. That mm-hmm. consistency, yeah. you know. And how, how are you? You you must be enjoying this. You you have to be loving life at the minute. You're third third in the league, and you know shooting distance at Man, Man City above you. Life's good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I well for one, I love Ten Hag. I think he's brilliant. I think the way he's dealt with every every situation, <laughs> I think he's had to deal with. I think has been class between Ronaldo, even Sancho, just having the way he's dealt with the whole thing. Like, if you weren't a Man U fan, you wouldn't have even really known what happened with Sancho, with how well we dealt with it and kept it on the low. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm loving life. Um, it's one of them where I think the Man U Leeds thing is a lot more heavily tilted towards Leeds fans mm. hating Man U because I feel like it's their way of really trying to stay relevant and in with the big boys. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Um, like, I, like Man U fans care to, we care more than if we're playing Crystal Palace, but they're not Liverpool. They're no. not City. Yeah. They're not, they're not our proper rivals. So to call it 30 yeah. years ago, they were but yeah. now like it's not, um, it was a great game. I think we were really poor the first half. I think we really looked slow. I think it was the first, Rough game I saw Garnacho have, but the amount of abuse he's been getting has been so unjustified. I think he's been oh, brilliant for us this year. Stick stick on him a sec because look, everyone loves a, t- a kid coming out of the youth academy mm. and bursting into the first team. I mean, we're waxing lyrical about Stefan Batetis just a minute, yeah, and rightly so. I think he's a fabulous footballer. Tell us about Garnacho and what he, what we can expect from him because how high is his ceiling? I I think it's as high as he wants it to be. I, I looked because I was having this conversation with someone and they were kind of saying like they, they all they saw was the the appearances and the goal contributions. I think it was like 25 appearances with like nine or 10 goal contributions. But a lot of them are 20 minutes at the end of games. I think I think he's averaging nearly a goal contribution per 90 as an 18 year old in the Premier League. Um, I, I think he's like it's just like against Fulham. He's I've, I haven't seen a player this quick at Man U. Uh, since like young Ronaldo, like I cannot believe how fast he is. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think he's incredible. Like I said, I do think it's one of them where he needs time. I think he isn't quite there yet. I think his end product can be a bit silly and a bit lazy, but I do think he's got just tons of potential. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think the role that he's got at the moment is good. And also, I want to talk about Anthony like. I'm one of the Man U fans that doesn't have the same opinion as everyone else. Like, I think. Okay, tell me what the group think is and tell me what you think. Well, I think everyone thinks that he's a Cinderella who spins around in circles and doesn't yeah, really I've do much. Videos, yeah, whereas for me, and I go and look back for every time he hasn't been in our lineup, we look so much worse. We look so much less balanced. Defensively, he does so much for the team. And. Like he does, he's a lot of the time for us. He's the the pass before the assist. Like the goal we scored at Crystal Palace, uh, it was for two nil. He played it like a lovely one two in, and then into Wambasaka. Wambasaka played it to Garnacho. Like it was like a little build up, and he does so much of the little interlink plays, and he, he gives us so much balance that yes, he hasn't scored as much as I'd like, and he hasn't contributed goals wise as much as I'd like. But I'm very positive about it. Like, whereas a lot of people seem to not be, I think a lot of the people that aren't don't watch a lot of Man United. That's fair. That's why I wanted to ask you about him after because 
I don't watch Manchester United week in, week out. I do look at the stats and I I see a price tag. But I, I look, I think he was over he was overpriced. Oh, I think United yeah. you know, United paid savage money for him, and that brings its own pressure. Um I think there's an expectation level at that price level when you yeah. bring in players. At I the, can't at, be mad at him for that. No, it, exactly. It was a panic it, buy it, was two of them. We were meant to sign yeah. Anthony for 60 mil two months ago. Man, you yeah. sat there just staring you, at the stars. If, if United signed them for 60, I don't think there's this outrage. No, I don't think there is. Because every time I've seen him, like I know that I joke saying I call him like a fidget spinner, but even his debut against Arsenal, the balance he gave that United front line it's, it's yeah. different when he's out the team because, like, the Leeds game, Rashford out on the right doesn't really work. Uh, Veghorst up, up front, Garnacho on the left, just it just wasn't very balanced. And then the second Palestri came on for uh, United, he went on the right, looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah I, I, I look at Anthony. I, I, look, I liked him for when he was playing in Holland. I, I like him a lot. Him and Neris, when they were in the same side together, mm. it was... They were just a joy to watch, two of them. Just like the two of them just used to enjoy ripping the piss out of people, you know. And yeah. they were they were good enough to back it up, both of them. And Neris has gone on since and he's done really well in Portugal now. <coughs> but I think he's he's got time on his side and he's at the right he's more importantly, he's got a manager who trusts him. Yeah. And for a player like him who is he he's a he's a flair player. And he's he's young, and he's gonna blow hot and cold at times. And when you have a manager who trusts you and who backs you, that's everything at, at his age. Yeah. I think he will come good eventually. You know, he'll come. When I say come good, I think he'll be more of a goal threat the older he gets. You know, he reminds he me a tar- lot of Nanny. Yeah, he reminds me a lot like Nanny. Didn't contribute as much as he should have. <clears throat> Um, and he just def- he defends more, but like I said, I, I think the price tag is purely pa- it was panic. It was the same with him and Casemiro. I think if we'd have taken the whole window to buy Casemiro, we would have got him for maybe fifty five million. But because they knew we needed him, we just got battered by Brentford four 0 Like yeah. <laughs> they just Laz- went and bought both of them and paid a stupid amount of money for both. So. Yeah, uh, Laszlo's made a great point there. He's ninety million pounds attacking player. He's Brazilian, so the judgment will be harsh. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, the thing is, I, th- I I think that when he gets into the Brazil setup, I don't think he comes out of it for a long time. He was really uh, bright at the World Cup. He yeah, was, like he he had, he had TL had a lot really good like moments off the bench. I was yeah. I'm happy with him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a fair point as well from Anthony. Uh, we're talking about Darwin needing time, and it is the same for Anthony. Different positions, obviously, but different expectations for both players. Well, I, got a, I got a question for the other Kev, if you don't mind. Yeah, How, okay. like, you're you're speaking highly of both Garnacho and uh, Anthony here. How do they fit into a team with Marcus Rashford? Because to me, like, Rashford really seems to flourish on the left. Yeah. And Garnacho doesn't look like he's going to play in the center or on the right. And Anthony seems like he's kind of got that right wing spot nailed down, like, is it, are you are you worried it's going to hamper Garnacho's development, the hot vein of, vein of form that Rashford's in? Do you know what? I, I don't. Only because, well, well, currently he's only 18. So, like, mm-hmm. there's so much time for him to really come into the player that like I, I think he can be. Like, I feel like, especially nowadays, because there are players who are 19, 20, who are doing well, I think the world kind of expects every 19, 20-year-old to be ready for the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And it, it just isn't the case. Um, I think our schedule is quite... It's, it's a mental... I think I looked 
I think we played something like 20 games in 58 days, which I don't know how that even like happened. But um, I think we're in so much competition. Like I said, he's had 25 appearances gone actually this season. I think he's played about 12 or 13 full 90s. And that's with Rashford, who has played most games. And he's he's on near 30 goal contributions this year. Um, so I, I don't worry about it. Maybe, listen, two, three years down the line, if if Garnacho is wanting to play regularly and Rashford still wants to play on the left, then maybe it's something like that might have to be looked at. But I think, I think long term, I think Rashford goes through the middle anyway. Uh, and I think he just kind of drifts to the left, quite like Thierry Henry. I'm not saying he is Thierry Henry, like at all. <laughs> but at all. Clip but that like, up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, all, but that like, goal he scored against Leeds the other day, that's that center forward play right there. I mean. Yeah, he's really got it in him. And Rashford, I, I was one of the very few, again, who kind of went, like, every, everyone has this, I think, illusion that Rashford had a really bad few years. Like, he had that one bad season. If you look at the season before that, he had over 30 goal contributions in all comps. Like, and but people think that was a bad year for him. Like, I can't believe it. Like, he had, what? yes, he had a bad season where I think the whole of Manchester United just had a stroke. Everyone was awful and no one could kick a football for a year. And I'm talking, you look at everyone who played well for us, they all did awful. Um, apart from Ronaldo. But that, that seems to be, he seemed to be the reason why everyone went to rubbish by the sounds of it. Um so I'm not worried. I love Rashford. I think he was always incredible. Um, but yeah, no, gun yeah, he was my pick at the start of the season to have a renaissance year. So yeah, he was in my fantasy it, team. I, for week it, was, one. it was begrudging of me to do that as a Liverpool fan, but it's uh, Rashford of all the people to cheer for from United. Uh, he's he's definitely the one to do it. He's so. decent. Yeah. He's a decent skin, and need to be fair, he's just one of these guys that. He's he just he's just a decent guy. And yeah, and okay, I, you know, I had him in my before my buddies when he went on his little scoring run too. So he's helping me out with the <laughs> fantasy points. Well, Matt, I'll come to you with Leeds. Um no manager in situ yet. Um Jesse Marsh gone, but as the 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 caretaker manager who was doing a press conference today said they don't have time to work with the players because it's just three games in seven days. So it's literally whatever learned behavior, tactical work that they've been doing all season, it's going to be pretty much the same again, you know? So can we, are we going to see another high goals, high, high, you know, high energy game from Leeds or did you think they have that in them to go again? Or how do you see this one playing out? Because I don't mind being entertained like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm new enough to watching football that I have no recollection of Leeds before, you know, watching them come up from the championship sort of thing. So the Leeds that I'm aware of is mostly a Bielsa Leeds, and a Bielsa Leeds, I would say absolutely not. But I don't know if whoever is running their coaching sessions now will just kind of pull them back a little bit. And, I mean, if you were to put together a on-form 11 for the entire Premier League right now, it's tough to look past Nanto. He is it. flying. He is That's doing He's doing yeah. so well. And it looks like uh, Somerville is going to probably come in for Sinistera, which uh, I'm disappointed in that. I, I was excited to see how Sinistera did. He was another player that I flagged up at the start of the season because yeah. I liked him last year for Feyenoord. So it's a bummer that he seems to be kind of injury prone for Leeds. But, I mean, Somerville did the business against us. He scored the late winner when uh, Leeds won at Anfield. So, yeah. They got some young legs in there. And, I mean, Weston McKenney, it's only going to be his second game, I think, in the Premier League. So, uh, but I just I – don't, I, don't, I don't see where their goals come from. I, I struggle to see how Leeds are going to score. 
United's been surprisingly solid at the back. Uh, I'm interested to hear uh, who is going to partner Varane, if it's going to be, you know, Lisandro go again or put Luke Shaw back in there. Just out of I absolutely no. I think Kevin made a really good point about the uh, the volume of games coming up for Manchester United. And with Europe only, only around the corner and this game coming on the back of a three day, three days where they really had to dig deep to, to get back into that game. Uh, Luke, do you, I expect United to make changes hmm. this, this weekend and I expect Leeds to, Leeds can't really do much. They, they've, they're missing, I mean, Rocker is a doubt, Strike is a doubt, Cooper, Sinistera. I don't think Leeds can make that many changes. I think so... Leeds will have to go again with, with near enough the same 11. I think with United, I think Sancho could come in, Palestri may come in, uh, Rashford can go through the middle. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Harry, Harry, <laughs> Harry McGuire, Harry Maguire, makes a yeah. start. I look at Kevin about I mentioned Harry Maguire. Yeah, so he could make an appearance. I think midfield for United is pretty much is going to be Fred and Sabitzer. I think McTominay's out. Casemiro still yeah. suspended. I, I think I saw that Ten Hag was playing Lindelof and DM, so I don't know whether not it'd be crazy enough to try something like that again. But I think United will, will rotate a little bit. But I think with Leeds, it's pretty much you have to go again. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Kev, give us a score prediction then, mate. I I think we'll we'll win two nil, but I don't. I want to say with regarding the teams, if you look at Ten Hag, even when we played Reading in the FA Cup or Forest, like we don't really rotate. Like I, yeah. I think he's generally quite keen on playing the same eleven. So I think there's a very very reasonable world where the same eleven plays again. That is a shelf life though. Uh, you've seen it with Christian Eriksen that. It's um, you know, with the volume of games that you guys have have coming up, it's the one thing that he's got to start to do if he wants to get top four, is to manage the squad to get there. It, the chasing pack that are coming, I think that are coming from Manchester United, uh, Newcastle are definitely going to be there. Spurs will be knocking on the door. Brighton ain't going to go go away. It's it's not a gimme that United will get that Manchester United will get top four. They should from the position they're in, but all it takes is one or two injuries at the wrong time and players getting tired. If yeah. they go through against Barcelona, you know what I mean. That, that's where I I think he's got to. Start I think to I think he's that. already made his mind up about that. Don't wrong. I think he'll play his strongest team against Barcelona, and I think yeah. we'll try to win. I think like Barcelona, top of the league, are generally they're playing really well. They're firing. Yeah. I almost think he's half settled in his head that that we probably won't make it through that, and basically he's prioritizing the cups and the league. And I think he probably know like he probably in his head is thinking like we're gonna lose to Barcelona. We'll play our full full eleven against in the prem games to really try and secure top four. And I think he's almost disregarding those Europa League games. I really do. That's a fair um, That's, that's was, kind of where my head's at with it. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, actually. Um, who did you draw in the FA Cup? can't remember. Oh, God, I can't even remember now. Does anyone um, in the chat know who they got in the FA Cup? Uh, if you could fire right. it in there. Hop out. I was just, yeah. it was just out of curiosity more than anything. But uh, Luke, I, I'm pretty sure we got a nice... We didn't get a hard 
team. Like, that sounds bad. Like we should we should be careful of everyone. Um, it was West Ham. Well, City draw. West Ham. It was West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. Not not a gimme gimme. You know. So, yeah, but with who you could get, I was quite happy. Yeah, with it. yeah. You, you, West Ham at home. Yeah, you take that, wouldn't you? Mm. We always beat them um, one 0 every time. Always. I don't know how. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> score prediction on this one, mate. 3-2 United. Which one? <laughs> Manchester United. Fair shout. And Matt? 2-0 United. Manchester. Brackets. Yeah, I think it would probably be 3-1 Manchester United. Um, I just, Leeds really went ham for the first hour in that, and they looked really good. You know, but when United upped the gears... With Manchester United off the gears, they were they were just they couldn't live with it. And I think yeah. Manchester United, I think that will be the last thing they remember when the kickoff goes. But it, Lee, Ellen Road will be absolutely hopping for Dance. it. And if if Leeds can if Leeds can get get yeah, get ahead, it, you know it'll be a cracking watch for sure. Yeah, it's um, like I, it'd be interesting to see if Luke Allen can do that again. I thought he had such a good yeah, game. He was good. He, he was like, really good. He, he loves playing against good. us. He was absolutely manhandled on that like, I remember in the but, five two, he's got like a thirty yard screamer. I remember it was, it was yeah. Ridiculous. He always loves playing against. Yeah, us. I mean I the thing why. is, the the history for the Le- Leeds Manchester United goes way back, um, and it is it's it's mainly Lancashire and Yorkshire. You know, it it stems football, cricket, doesn't matter what it is, Lancashire and Yorkshire. And their Leeds are the biggest, the biggest club in Yorkshire. Manchester United are the biggest club in Lancashire, and it's like that's where it all stems from. That's where the rivalry comes from. It's not so much a football rivalry as such, but it is just everything. Mm. You know, it is War of the Roses stuff. It's mental. But onwards to Monday night. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're at the hour almost, Kev. Do we really have to talk We're going to have this? to wrap this one up quicker. Yeah. Get through the sponsors no, and all that. I'm <laughs> talking about this. Um, <sighs> like, Matt, I don't, I didn't envy you last last Saturday after that shit show. Uh, I really didn't. It was the first one of the year, the first one of the season that I've missed. And it was the first game of the season that I didn't watch. And I, I, I only watched highlights. I I couldn't I couldn't get over that first twelve minutes. I just I I still can't. There is no excuse. There is no tiredness. There is no mental fatigue. There is nothing that excuses what happened in that first twelve minutes. And the problem for me is Monday night. I don't think we can do much different at the back. Um, I would. I don't think well. Look, I I don't think he can um, purely and simply because of who's Virgil's not going to be fit. So, the, I suppose the question is, would you risk Virgil? He's trained all week. He's, you know, would would you even bother risking? No, no. I I I'm. So to go to the post-match show after the Wolves game, it was the hardest one I've done. I've only been doing this gig now for about a year, you know, maybe a show a week sort of thing. That was the that was the first one where it was like, oh, I know that there's nobody else to cover for me last second because I would love to not have to do this. Because 
I I'm the most optimistic person for the most part when it comes to Liverpool. I'm willing to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. There's always a positive. There's always a silver lining. And it's getting to the point now where everything is wrong. Nothing works. I have no idea what's the problem, how we're going to fix it or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, if we can go win, draw, win, draw, win, draw, win, Four wins wins you the Champions League. Real Madrid, this is this is not prime Real Madrid. This is a Real Madrid that is, you know, having a few hiccups here and there. And I still have faith that our players can turn it on for a couple of games through the season. And that's why I'm allowing myself to be very upbeat about Monday. I think we are going to find oh, yeah. our goal-scoring form, and we are going to put medium boots to Everton. Well, not heavy Luke, boots, just me. I love your optimism. <laughs> I you love to do something. I have to do the post match show. So if I'm <laughs> going to do it, I may as well go from being super positive to just absolutely in the gutter as opposed to just living in the gutter for the whole weekend. No, you can't, can you? Uh, Luke, Everton first game under Sean Dyche beat Arsenal. But yeah. I mean, yeah, they got a goal from a set piece, but that goal had been coming for a while. Oh, yes. I know you get a new manager bounce, but it's still Everton who three weeks ago Lampard was getting him taking him down and there was no stopping it. Are we over egging that one nil win against Arsenal and shitting ourselves for no reason whatsoever? Bearing in mind it's at Anfield, it's Monday night, it's under the lights, and you know. This shit, this shit show won't continue forever. It, it, it won't. Uh, I hope you're right. It oh, can't. no, it, it won't. Yeah. It, it, it just can't. Uh, it, I've, just got a, I've just got a feeling, like, with the Everton-Arsenal game, I felt like 1-0 flattered Everton. I thought 1-0 flattered Everton. I thought they created the better chances against Arsenal. I think if Calvert-Lewin was, was a little bit more match-sharp, he tucks away that that cross, it gets put right across the goal line. Um, so I think that scoreline did flatter them. And plus, I think I said Everton are still going to go down regardless of, of Sean Dyche. Because I don't think Everton are going to score enough goals. But I think Liverpool's Achilles heels recently. It's been you swing the ball into the box and then, you know, it's a lottery machine about what the defenders are going to do. Are they going to head it clear? Are they just going to, you know, forget how to defend? So it... Well... I'll say this to you. If Everton won at Anfield at the weekend and results went their way, that would take them up to 15th. <laughs> That's how I look at this table at the minute, right? It's. I'll just have a quick look, okay? From Spurs on 39. At the bottom, it's all falling yeah. up. From Spurs on 39 down to Everton around 18. Okay, but from. Everton in 18th to Liverpool in 10th is nine points. Oh, my God. No, it's 11 points. Was it? They've got – Everton has 18 18 plays. Yeah. It's it's 11 11 points. There's – this season, I think, the the league is really condensed. Apart from Arsenal, no one's really pulling away massively. And no one is falling away. You know, no one is dropping off the the edge of a cliff. You saw, we talked about it before we came on air. Um, 
I'm wheel up since the turn of the year. Since the end, since the end of the start of the first of January, statistically, Liverpool are the worst side in the Premier League. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, but our two games before that were wins. So yeah, even though but, the, the year is a good if you look at where the season if you look at how the season breaks up though, the season broke for the World Cup. So yes. since the World Cup, we had two wins and then the calendar changed, and then we've been fucking dog shit. Yeah, since then. But, but our record what, since the World Cup is better than Crystal Palace's. Yeah, oh yeah. But what I'm saying to yeah. you is the better best side, the best side in the league since the turn of the year is not even forest. So anyone from, I'd say anyone, even the likes, anyone from, say, Liverpool downwards, who can put a, ri- a run of three three wins together, you'll fire up the league. You really will. Um, I don't think that we're going to have that. Well, I know people are saying, oh, once the injuries come back, you know, oh, we'll click into gear. But we weren't clicking into gear at the beginning of the season. And no. everyone was pretty much back. And I think... I sort of agree what Matt says. Like, like the only way to make this season even look salvageable is somehow winning the Champions League. And I know Real Madrid haven't been pretty uh, this season, but their midfield it looks a lot better than ours at the moment. And it doesn't a bit of pace, bit of power, and you'll just it, go. We'll I, part like the Red Sea for you. And I promise be... you, it doesn't. I've watched a fair bit of Real Madrid in recent weeks, oh, and well, the results. The, the results aren't a lie, you know. They're not. They're not great at the minute. But the battle of who's look, the less away. You know, but by then we'll have a few more players back. But as it stands at the minute, we're in a shit show. We can't keep clean sheets mm. and we can't score goals. Can't control and games either. All of the problems, whether the problems are at the front, the problems are at the back, the problems midfield. It seems like the whole lot of them are devoid of confidence. Their, their confidence is just shot, absolutely shot. And I've never seen a side be so good for that, so consistent for so long that and fall off a cliff this badly. It it doesn't happen often. So when it does, it's like, yeah. I mean, what Kev was saying earlier about Marcus Rashford, and he had one really bad season. We're as a club are going through that one bad season, I think. So we did last year. Yeah. You literally fall off a cliff, you've got to just front up and just take it for a while. Mm-hmm. And Kev, you're just gonna dish it out, isn't you, mate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the smile. <laughs> Look at the smile. Well, I can't I can't, here's I, can't the thing. I can't be jealous because we were doing well, it to United under Ollie. So oh, I took this for shows, well, so I'm here. I'm ready. But on, under Ollie, it was deserved because tactically they were naive. And how do you? Because you're looking at it. If you take the red glasses off, the Manchester United glasses off, mm. what is it that we're? Because you've watched some of the Liverpool games as well. What is it that we're doing that we're not? Or we're not seeing. You look. You're. You're. The issue with it, you guys look flat. I think going for that quadruple last year took it out of you. I think a lot of those players, and I, I heard an interesting interview. It's like. Um, I think it was the diary of your CEO and I think it was Rio or Gary Neville were talking about it. And it's kind of when you, when they went for the treble, they never aimed for the treble at the start of the season. But when you get there 
and it's achievable. You put everything in it. And then the, the season after the treble, I, I, we weren't great. Um, like, I think we still done well for, for our stand, like for us, but for our standards, we weren't great. And I think that's just what's happened. I think they came so close, put everything into it mm. um, and ran City to the end, ran Real Madrid to the end, obviously didn't get there. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think it is just burnout because I don't remember, I think your midfield is where all your problems lie. And I think Trent has just disappeared. I don't know where he's gone. Um, Because he went from a player that I used to stick up for. I'd go, he's incredible going forward and he can defend. He was never the best defender in the world, but he was good enough. gave effort. And now I just watch him. He's like a statue half the time. To put it another way, though, to put a positive spin on it, who'd have thought that we've reached a point where Trent's defending is actually better than his offensive output? (laughs) Because I don't think his defending has been quite as bad this year as a lot of other people do, but his offensive output has absolutely fallen off a cliff. Collapse. And it's one of our it's one of our big problems. And I don't know if that's him being reined in because we were being so exploited when he was vacating his space to get forward. But if we don't have like you saw our best chance in the last game came from Trent playing a Trent ball down the channel for Darwin Nunes to run on to, you know, breakaway against the goalie. I really don't think it's that. I think it's all down to your midfield. I think the, the way your team used to work was your fullbacks would bomb on, your centre-backs would be there, and basically each side of your midfielders would drop basically as narrow fullbacks. So, like, Henderson was that guy for Trent. He protected Trent. He let Trent go far, as far forward as he wanted because he knew Henderson was always there to cover him. Now, Henderson hasn't got the legs. He can't do it. Milner's just... How he still has a contract to your club is... And playing games is mad. Um, oh, yeah. And I just I just think the protection isn't there for Trent anymore to be able to bomb on. So now he has to come back, can't contribute anywhere near as much as he'd probably like. And I think he's probably a bit fed up. And then that's why he looks so lazy defending. Yeah. Like he's, he's standing around, like around looking at the skies. Don't, don't know no. where he's going. Because he's never really been made to properly defend. Like he's always been able to bomb on and kind of be a bit free. Um, so that, that's where I think it is. No, I, think, that's I think as soon as you fix him, and Fabinho as well, I don't know oh, what happened pays, to him. The drop off like, we never saw coming. Like, I, I, last year when he was playing, I was going to people. I can't believe we didn't go and get him. Like I loved him at Monaco. That that Monaco mm-hmm. team, I loved him, and I, I, I thought I think he's been one of your best players for years. And I don't. Where is he gone? Like what? We've happened? rinsed him. Like we rinsed him. He I think there was a stat saying like anymore. he's played the same amount as minutes as a thirty-five-year-old. We've rinsed him. I heard that same stat, which means that Yuri Tielemans has also played the same number of minutes as a 35-year-old, and he's 25. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, like, we'll never see peak for uh, Fabinho again. I think he's been rinsed, and, like, for me, unfortunately, like, come come the summer, if a decent offer comes in, we should be looking to move him on, I think, because I I, I don't think he's going to get even close to the level as when we won the league. But, but like, where are we going to get a decent offer from? Because it won't be from another Premier League team. It and is. every other league pretty much has no money in comparison to the Premier League. So you won't get a decent offer. We, no, you, you won't, won't. get these. You won't get no, a decent you'll offer. Like you'll have to let them go for, you know, 20, 20, million. 20 yeah. 25 million to Italy or something like that, maybe, or Spain. Or go somewhere like yeah. Dortmund or something like that for 25 million. No, I don't think. I, Italy, I, like, I take that as a Milan. No, I definitely take that as a part X for uh, Dortmund. No problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. 
Fabinho Fabinho and 80 million to Dortmund. Not a like, not a bother. Like this summer's a massive summer for for Liverpool. I think another thing for this season, oh. like look at the summer. We didn't really it was pretty obvious summer that we needed yeah. to like Tushimeni and then as soon as soon as Tushimeni decided that he was going to go to Madrid, yeah, and Bellingham was for next summer, we were like okay. We're pretty good right. to go. Well, I, you're talking about the number. Really you were, I understood you, the drop. You were that. talking about the number of games played there, and there was one stat that was mentioned in Klopp's press conference uh, for Jordan Henderson. Henderson, and I, 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 re- I rebound it to listen to it again. Something like ninety-one. He's played ninety-one games since the start of last year, and mm. uh, we're in February with three months to go. Yeah, March, April, May. Into the, the season ends virtually at the end of May. Hmm. Is it any wonder that his legs are hmm. gone to jelly? You know, especially it's not a case. It's especially the, yeah, exactly. And even you look at the role he had for England, and he did well for England in the World Cup. Yeah, but it's, it wasn't the same role that he has in a Liverpool side, and he was he was well able to play it. So maybe it's a case of tactically. Klopp has to has to adapt his tactics to fit yeah, what the players are able to do now. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think he no, will I either. Think I, I think stopping. I think he's too stubborn because no, I just think three he's at the back, baby. We're going to three at the back. It's going to come out of three, nowhere. We're going to play three billions in that fillers. I'm fucking in the stream now. I swear to God. I'm <laughs> pretty, I, we don't I have think... the centre halves to play that map. We don't I have the centre halves. We recalled Reese Williams from his loan spell. We got Vinny Maddy. Like he's back. I'm saying running like 2021 again. Now I think Klopp will be happy. Run it all the way. I think Klopp will be happy to have a bad year. I think yeah. he, can, he can have that bad year, then he can go to FSG and go. This is what happens when you don't give us the uh, money. Yeah, but and either luck, FSG will give the money, go, give me money, the, and FSG are going to go. We're selling the club. You're getting yeah. Well, that'll be the issue though. They'll either go. You either have to give me the money, or you sell the club now, because this ain't going anywhere soon. Yeah, again, we gave him money, and then you know, in in January, he got money right. there, and we decided. Brian's to made a great point there. Actually, Henderson <laughs> has been playing since two thousand and eight in a bruising, competitive manner, umpteen injuries over the years. He's he's given everything, you know. I mean, you'll get, and he gets absolute slander. The slander that Jordan Henderson gets in the chat here. No disrespect to everyone who's in the chat. More so online is ridiculous for what he's achieved and what he's won, and it's like he is a he's a proper captain. You know, you what listen to any player, Liverpool or non-Liverpool, anyone who plays for England, he's a pro. He is the real England captain. Let's be let's be oh, honest yeah. about it. Yeah, I've said that. You know, like James not the captain. He you is. listen to any England player talking about Jordan Henderson, and they run through brick walls for him. You know, they'll do whatever he needs to do, but. At some point, he needed help. The help didn't come. But Monday night, how would you, uh, Luke, how would you line up Monday night? Because, look, Everton, I'm pretty certain Dyche is not going to make any changes unless he's forced to. So I expect the same big, strong, powerful, physical Everton to come and park a bus at Anfield and try and nick something. So how do you think we line up? I think it'll be Allison in goal. I think it'll be Trent. I'd start Phillips because I think Everton's plan is going to be set pieces and I think he's ideal to 
to defend set pieces. Oh, I don't know. Either Matip or Gomez are both as bad as each other at this rate. So, which either one of them starts, I'm not going to moan about it. Robertson at left back, and then midfield is a big issue because I think Thiago's been struggling to with a hip injury. Yeah, I don't know if not he's going to even make it. And is is Besetic fit? Yes, he's available. <sighs> but do you, but do you throw him in? I've got a feeling it will be Besetic, Henderson, and Cater. Okay. And then it will be Gakpo, Nunes, Salah up front. Okay. What happened? Matt, would you how many, would you change much from that? I uh, as much as I would like to see Nat Phillips get his run out because it's been a while since he's had a game. I think Crystal Palace might have been his last one. Um, I think he goes with the same back five as we had last time: Trent, Joe, Joel, and Robbo with Ali and Nat. <laughs> I think the midfield. I've managed to talk myself in the about hour and 15 we've been doing this. Henderson, Bacetic, Milner. Oh, oh, I can no, I, see I, it as well. I, yeah, I, get, I, I get why. Yeah, but... just just for the steal. The, so you, got, you keep the kid in there because I think it's his shirt to lose. Like, honestly, at this point, I, I think the number six is his. And if he has to get taken off at 60 minutes every game, then so be it. You know, that's how you manage his minutes going through. You know, maybe not for the Champions League, but I think in the league, at this point, top four is not going to happen unless something top miraculous happens. Relegation isn't going to be a threat unless something cataclysmic happens. We're probably going to finish somewhere in the range of 8th to 13th. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather, if if we're not going to get top four, put me 10th. And no conference league. Please. Well, I mean, I'll take, I'll take 8th. I'd rather eighth than tenth. You're still not playing the conference league, but like it's I like eight gets you in. I, no, I, it doesn't. Seventh. Yeah, oh, seventh, 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 seventh. Yeah, top four, then two, and then one goes into the conference league. But like uh, top four or no Europe for me. Like, I, yeah. I, I I don't want to be going Just to the different four, four wins in the Champions League, three draws, and we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but like what what Kev was saying about Klopp is probably okay having a bad year. I think FSG are okay with it. I honestly think FSG They're on the way like, out. Coming, um, coming from I, I, FSG will still be here. Yeah, it's, you don't have to worry about it. They might not be the majority. They might be the majority. They might not sell anything until something totally definitive changes. FSG are our owners, and they're not going to like get off of the ship and just let it float away from them. Like they are still actively running the team, as much as a lot of Liverpool fans don't like them, but. They are North American guys. They're used to North American sports where you can, and Kev, you'll know this as a basketball yeah. fan, you can tank. Yeah. You can have a bad year, and it's fine. That's why the big thing that the American owners across football in the world want is to get rid of relegation. Have it be like the MLS, where it doesn't matter how shit your team is, you get good draft picks, and it balances all out that way. That doesn't really happen in football. Proper Do you football. think FSG will still be here? Because I, I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing's. I think unless somebody comes in and gives them an offer they can't refuse, and I don't mean a severed horse's head in their bed, but like if somebody <laughs> comes in and says, we're going to give you four and a half or five billion for the whole thing, lock, stock, and barrel, I think unless that happens, I think they'll sell a part of the team and keep it because the revenues are only going up. Now we're getting talk of another European Super League. These are the things that FSG want because it, it equals guaranteed income. That they can bank on going what forward. The NBA franchise that they're looking at. Uh, take, a loan. Put... take a loan. Yeah. Take a loan. It's a license yeah, to print money. 
Yeah, they'll be able to finance that. That won't yeah. be a problem. Like all you all you have to do is get the team. Once you have the team, don't worry about it. Like unless you're like I always thought like they were looking to sell Liverpool just so they could put the money down for no, that's just something no, that Liverpool fans want to say to themselves. You think John Henry and his friends are gonna have trouble raising a couple billion dollars? Not a that's I don't think that's an issue. I mean, you look at the money, like it's not like the Red Sox aren't spending money. They just gave a 30-year-old third baseman an 11-year contract paying him $30 million a year. Like, you know, FSG's teams aren't short on money. And I think that they're – because to me, there has to be some planning to it. There's no way the people running our team are this pig-headed and blind. Yeah, well, everyone's like leaving. Uh, Mike Gordon's not at his that's, role because he's doing that's, that's, that's what a transition – to me, that's what a transition looks like. You fire yeah. your GM, you fire your coach, you trade your best players, and you revamp for the next year. And it's hard to do in proper football because the fear of relegation. Because if you go down, then you're in trouble. Or if you fall out of the if you fall out of the Champions League places and you can't get back into them. But with the new, you know, Swiss model Champions League coming, that's not going to be an issue for Liverpool. We're going to get grandfathered into the Champions League. So that's guaranteed income. So I think if there was ever a year for FSG to say, fuck it. We can finish 12th. We don't care. We can write off a few big money contracts. Chamberlain's on what, 120, 140,000 a week? Yeah. I think Gabby Kata about to be a clear out this summer. There's going to be an absolute clear out this summer because it just naturally it's going to happen. But like whether Milner doesn't come back as a player, he might come back as a coach or just a social media manager or something like that. Firmino might not come back. You know, Joel Matip might not come back. You might, you know, take an offer. for an untold number of players, that's a rebuild. These are big changes. Like it's why I said everybody fucking put their arms up in protest of it. But I could see them selling Allison because he is worth so much money, and we are in a full rebuild, a full rebuild. And if if some like if Virgil Van Dyke or Mohamed Salah hadn't had a massive drop off in their form this season. I would think the same thing about those three players. Like one I of still them think that if a decent offer comes in for Salah. Like I always thought the reason why he signed that big money deal is that if a big offer comes in in the summer, we're going, okay, yeah, oh, oh we'll let you go. Yeah, I, I just yeah. don't see that forthcoming now because his drop, like unless he has just a blistering end to the season. But him and Van Dyke have had such massive drops in their form that I don't see that big money move coming in because, again, there's a big gap between the Premier League considers a decent offer and what the rest of the continent considers yeah. to be a decent yeah. offer. So, Well, I think he'll go with, I agree with Matt's back five. I've uh, come same, around to the idea. Same front three for me, by the way. Nunes, yeah. Gakpo, and Salah, absolutely. Yeah. I've come around to the idea of Stefan starting. Um, personally, I wouldn't have started him in this. I would have started Fabinho. But I can understand why you'd start Stefan. Um, because Henderson on the right, Naby on the left, fine with that. So Henderson, Stefan, and yeah, Naby, Gakpo, probably through the middle, uh, Darwin on the wing, and Salah on the wing. And the hope is that Jota would be on the um, Jota be on the bench. I don't think anyone else is going to be back. I uh, agree with you that you don't risk. You don't risk anyone um, unduly coming back early from an injury. If they're available for, Virgil's available for the weekend after, 
absolutely fine. Um, the reason why I would have, I would, wouldn't mind seeing Fabinho playing is, is they've people react to different things different ways, and this is the first real sustained dip in form that he's ever had in his in a Liverpool shirt. We've seen him come back from injury, and he's been a bit sluggish and what have you. But we've got over the line, and we've won games. This is the first time where he's been absolute woeful. Couple that with the fact that his missus has just had a new baby, and it's he's on the same downer from this last season as everyone else, and people handle it in different ways. But he's had a good few weeks away from it now, where the shirt isn't his anymore. And at some point, you got to find out if there's still a player there or not. And the penny's got to drop. And big players. The other thing is, you look at that Everton side. And the one thing that they're good at, and even the one thing they were good at under Lampard was they were always strong from set pieces. They were always dangerous from set pieces. And I don't think their midfield three three are going to run anyone for pace, but they physically are strong and powerful. And in the air, they're dominant. They can be dominant. So I would worry having... I would have worried massively if it was a midfield of Stefan, Thiago and Naby because... That's a massive loss in height that you're losing. <laughs> Huge. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're defending, it was always a worry with um, anyone that we were playing. When you looked at the, the size of the sides that we were putting out, Gakpo, yeah, six foot four. Darwin was just coming back. He's strong in the air. The two centre backs, Matip, I wouldn't really, uh, he's not really dominant in the air. Joe Gomez isn't great in the air. Well, it's not that you know, so, yeah, it's gonna win everything. Yeah, I, I get that, but at the same time, he's well, you got you know, you gotta throw him in for an Everton game. But that's it, you know. Gomez there's a small Gomez run now. Why? I, why? Because Matthew Gomez have been stinging. They haven't been as they've been no better or worse than anyone else who's played. And mm-hmm. the thing is. Nat Phillips, everyone is always a better player when they're not playing, especially in a bad run of form. Nat yeah. Phillips no different. I mean, not day, Ox and Kata. Ox and Kata don't. You know, there's, there's always except. There's always except. No, I'll take no. Hey, I, hey, Ox have been doing well on the left hand side. Naby, Naby on the pitch is fine. You know, he's he's not exceptional. He's not the Naby we all thought we were going to be getting, but that's our fault. You know, we bigged him up to be like the next Paul Pogba. You know the next big thing, but he well, turned out to be Paul, Paul Pogba. Well, it sort of was Paul Pogba by the end. But <laughs> all we got was the voodoo brother. Yeah, but the thing is, when he's been since he's been back in the side, he's actually been playing okay, not spectacular, not absolutely <laughs> terrible, disastrous, but he's Steady been okay. Eddie. Curtis Jones is not a bad shout for one of the options to come off the bench. Especially in the Merseyside derby, he's got form for goals against Everton. He's scored. He's scored against them before. It's Harvey Elliott. We haven't talked about Carvalho. Haven't talked about all these young players. Yeah, that Carvalho one, like like his his disappearance from the team sort of coincided with. Remember when he was went to Portugal under twenty ones, and it came out that he decided that he just didn't want to play for them. Just told the manager by text and not playing. Because yeah. he wants to represent yeah. England. Exactly. Yeah. I, since, I, and I, then I thought... there were rumors about his attitude, and since then he has barely kicked the ball. So I reckon that he's had some words saying that he, you're probably going to sit out for a while because you need to 
basically clean up. And Elliot for me should be starting, should be starting on the wing, uh, right over, wing over more. Well, on current moment, form, you'd you'd have to say yeah, it's a discussion hard, uh, because Elliot's in form and, like for me, the right wing for me is his best position. Oh. I'll come to Kev. Form, I'm just going to come to Kev a minute because Everton need a win. We need a win. How do you see this one playing out? I think Everton will win. And I'm not just saying it. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, yes, I, I you can, are. No, I, can, no, I can see why. I can see why. He's, yeah. why, he's, why I, I he's think. I think their midfield bullies yours. I think Amadou Anana is one of the brighter young talents in What's, the league for midfield. Yeah, I think Alex Wobi has been absolutely like transformed at Everton as as, as, as he, this new box to box style. I know he played um, on the wing. Yeah, Dice will Arsenal. play him wide. Dice will yeah. play him wide. I know, but what I'm saying is he has found his. I feel like. I feel like he finally believes he deserves to be in the Premier League. And I think yeah. the, the confidence in him, you see it. I think the core looked good against Arsenal. Um, I, I just look at him and I just, I, I look at you guys and no one's really on form. No one's really playing. I think Gakpo, I don't know what happened, what's, what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with Salah. Nunes, the jury's out. I, I find him quite funny a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> I, I just think with Everton, I think Deitch will have him defend him well. And I don't think you have players... Gakpo is probably the only style of player that can really break a team down. And that's why probably I would play a Harvey Elliott over a Hendo or a Naby because you're going to need someone to break that Everton line down because no one... They ain't going to give you nothing. Um, I just don't think you will score. That's the issue. I just, And I think Everton will probably win it just because it's new manager bounce. They need the wins. And it's Sean Dyche. I still think Sean Dyche is one of the most underrated managers there's been for like probably the past 10 years. Plus, he can like, get under Klopp's skin as well. And Klopp's been a bit snappy. You know him and Dyche. Oh, I, 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 I no, know you love Klopp. And I think skin. if he was my manager, I'd love him. I can't stand him. Because every <laughs> time every time he doesn't win a game, like the grass is too wet or there's like a one mile an hour too much wind. Or like, I just the excuses to me are just weird. Um, but if he was my manager, I'd probably love him. So, like, I, I'm you I would I, definitely I love him. You would yeah, definitely yeah, would. love him. Um, I can speak from experience, he's the best. Yeah, so, he's the best. <laughs> but I, I do just think I think Everton are at the moment are in, like, and I'm not just saying it because of the one yeah, game yeah. against Arsenal. I think they've had a lot of, like, not a lot of talent, but they've had enough talent for a while that when the right manager could get a tune out of them, they'll get results. I don't think coming into this season, I don't think a lot of people would have had them in the bottom three. I think a lot of people probably would have had him drifting around 13th, 14th, in and around that lower mid-table. Like, and I think I think they'll give you a game. I just don't think, and I think that's it. Yeah, really. I, think, I, just... I think that's fair. Um, if you look at it on form at the minute, we're struggling to score goals. Uh, we, we can't keep clean sheets. And, can't control games. Can't, and that's it in a nutshell. Can't control games. We Every game that we've played this, this year so far, we've had those... 12 minute moments where we've absolutely fallen apart, had complete brain farts. But at the same time, but in that Wolves game, we kept it together. We created enough chances in games to get results, not taking them. Yeah. That will change because the quality of forwards that we're put that are on the pitch are they're too good to be out of form for this long. Are they? Like, and I'm not saying this right, but no, Salah is. Salah is. Salah like, is. 100% is. But he's, Gakpo he's has played very man. well in Eredivisie. Uh, like, he's, played well in, he's played well for Holland as well. And it's a case of finding, yeah, the, finding his yeah. spot. 
he would he done all right for a few games, but again, he kind of had his one in those games for Holland. He had his one kind of strike where he'd maybe score from yeah. 15, 20 yards out, and then he didn't do much. Yeah, and and then with Nunes again, we don't know because he only had a year. And like I said, I'm not saying they're bad no. players. I'm just saying we just don't know really truly what they are in the Premier League. Well, the one thing I'll say about Darwin for all the slack and crap that he gets, he's in double it's figures. He's in double yeah. figures. So, and for the amount of chances that he creates, mostly for himself, he's quick. He's so quick. And I mean, you that's look why at the, he gets it, though. But you look at that Everton backline, likes of Connor Cody, Tarkowski, Seamus Coleman, you know, if, and it will be, that's why I think Darwin will play on the, on the left. He'll play, yeah. he'll be up against James Coleman. Yes. I just don't think uh, they'll give him the space to, 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 to be that threat. If they, if they sit that deep, then Gakpo from range is a serious option. He's yeah. got that in his locker. And for I, sure. I, I think you've definitely got chances in you. I'm just saying, yeah. I think, I don't think Everton will give you much. They'll probably, they basically played five centre mids last, even though they played a one. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It will be four, five, one, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it will be the same again. It will and be the same again. I don't sure. think. And like you're going to need Trent to have a game. You're going to need if Elliot yeah. does start, or if he comes off the bench, he's going to need to be involved. Robbo's yeah. going to need to be flying overlaps. Like and it just the other side of it is, if they stuff. do sit that deep, then Trent does come into the game. Robertson does come into the mm. game. Yeah, because from what it's the one thing I think with Trent that he could have got frustrated with all year, he hasn't had targets to hit. With the amount of games that Darwin has missed, it's it's crazy that. You know, when you look at it, where, what Trent's best at doing is getting halfway into an opponent's half and looking for looking looking for that cross or taking a one-two with Salah, finding space and putting someone in. Yeah, it, I think there's no excuse. There's nowhere left to hide. You're at home. You're playing against Everton. If they can't get up for this, then you know, the bring the rest turn. of the fucking season off. Forget it. I, I just. I just look at it, I think like even last year, you didn't have a target then. It wasn't like you've had a big target no, man for the last six control. years. You but did, yeah. No, you did. Game. But what I'm saying is when he was picking those balls and spraying these passes, he wasn't aiming it towards the target man. He was kind of aiming it towards the Salas, the Marnes. an area. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to, in an area, yeah. He, he knew where our four, because we had that yeah. front three. We had that Monty Firmino solid that Trenton Robertson just knew that these were the runs that these guys were going to make. And so, like, this is part of the transition to me because, like, I, I think we've got the tools there to come good. And it's why I'm staying positive about it because, like Kev said, it's like you need somebody to have a big game. And I, I threw Avo's comment up there to get Mo as your triple captain for FPL. He's going to have a breakout weekend. He meant it sarcastically, but I can see it happening. Like, he's been so quiet for so long. He's going to be up against Mikalenko. More than likely, yeah. I think it'll be Mikalenko and Iwobi, though. They'll double up on him. No, yeah, it'll, it'll be won't. McNeil. It'll be him and McNeil, Iwobi on the right. Was it Was Wait, it Iwobi on the right? Last time, Coleman, it? Yeah. yeah, it was Iwobi oh, okay. on the right. No, it will be on the left and O'Neill on nope. the right. It, it, was it? For, for, for the Arsenal game, it, it was McNeil left, a Wobi white right. Of course it was, yeah, yeah. Part no, of right. Dyche, it, it wasn't. It on wasn't. The left. No, they, start, they started with... Now it was Mikalenko, a Wobi. Yeah, the and they started with McNeil on the right in that yeah. game and then they switched it partway through. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, look, I'll come around the houses quickly for score predictions because it's getting up to, to 11.30 and we want to go home in a minute. <laughs> um I'll uh, start with Kev. You're going 1-0, yeah? No, I'm going 2-0. 2-0, fuck you then. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking twice. <laughs> uh, Matt? 4-1. Mo scores twice. Darwin scores. Trent scores. Oh, Lord. I'm, I'm enjoying that point. And uh, Luke? Uh, I'll be I'll be optimistic, but not as optimistic as Matt. I'll go one nil. Yeah, one nil Liverpool. Who's gonna score? I just want to point out, you know, oh, last time I was on the show, it was yeah, Everton yeah. Liverpool, and I said yeah. they'd lose one nil to a Connor Cody's goal, and he scored off. He scored. It oh my days! I got a bad feeling. It's I, I didn't call it. Like, so that is I'm my nightmare. Not... Will be nil nil. No, he, he knows ball. He knows ball for sure. Go on, Luke. You're going one nil Liverpool, but I've got a feeling it'll be nil nil. I go. I go two one Liverpool. Um, Let's go twice. Kept that. Uh, yep, two one. <laughs> Darwin and Gakpo to get off the mark. Hey, I like it. Look, man, it's the post match show I want to do. That's that's the. That's the oh, yeah, I, I can't. Do. I can't wait. I, <laughs> I don't want to come out and do Kev's post match show. If, if I've got to come out and do Kev's post match show, I'm gonna I'll enjoy I'm it. gonna be I'll seriously heavily invested in my Guinness. I'll tell you that now. Uh, anyway, listen, um, the link for the charity is in the description for breast cancer awareness. Um, if you can donate, please do. If you can't, please get the link and share it all around. You know the score by now. Um, but this show is sponsored by bookmakers.com. Great for comparison webs, comparison odds website. Um, brilliant for the Super Bowl, actually. Great for statistics. If you're interested in betting on the Super Bowl, who's the well worth checking them out? I wonder. That's that's the big bet. That's, yeah, that's the one to look to look for for sure. I haven't looked to be honest, but um, they are they are definitely well worth a look. And the link for them is in the description below as well. Um, Kev, where can people find you and what are you up to? What, how are you getting on at the minute? Because you started a new venture. Yeah, um, obviously you can find me on most stuff at, at Clutch underscore FIFA. Obviously I play FIFA and all that kind of jazz. Um, yeah, no, I started a, a new company. So for, for all the FIFA guys out there, it's, it's a company where we play people's weekly games, drafts, rivals, coaching, things like that, just to make kind of your guys' life easier if you want the rewards. But um don't have the time, like always have the time to get them because not everyone does. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I've it, been. It, it, it is very time consuming on the weekends, to be fair. Yeah, it, it really can be, and a lot, that's what a lot of people do. They just don't have the time, so they they come to us to to play in forum. So well, where um, can they yeah, find you on that? Uh, it's improveyourrank.co.uk for the website if you guys want to. Um, but in general, if you have any questions about anything, if you're just a FIFA enjoyer, um, yeah, at clutch underscore FIFA is a uh, where you can find me. Well, head over to his uh, YouTube channel, and if you're into FIFA in any way, shape, or form, it's worth looking at it, especially the last few weeks you've been uploading a lot of uh, tactics videos. Yeah, uh, trying to help people out. Yeah, different setups and different levels of where what people can do and what systems and ideas and what works and what doesn't work. And look, Kev's really good at, at doing what he does. And if you're into the game at all, he's always willing to answer questions, especially live on stream. If you oh, get on, right. if you get on his on his Twitch stream, just you know, give it a like and ask him any questions that are that are on your head, especially about players, SBCs, and stuff that are coming out. Are they worth it? Are they not? The guy knows. A few SBCs. You know. Yeah, I've had some some interesting conversations with people about SPCs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Coin yeah, sinks. I yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, 
Is uh, is Diogo Jada still like super awesome at FIFA? Yeah, he, was, he still yeah. plays competitively. Yeah, he does. A few of my friends have played him. Yeah. Out injured, Matt. That's literally yeah. what he does. Yeah. yeah, he plays all the time. That's how he scored fun. against Everton. He did the FIFA celebration. Yeah, weekend league, and then played the derby. Well, the yeah. best one I saw. I watched an interview with him. I think I can't remember which content creator did a sit down interview with him, but Could they did a, a, a think. Yeah, they did a squad builder, um, a squad builder challenge. Um, oh, it would be the Everton fan. Yeah, oh, I think AJ3. Was. AJ3. Yeah, and I think um, Tex was coaching him, and it it was just forty five minutes, and you realised that I think he was ranked in the top five hundred in Europe. He's really good. Yeah, you know, and I remember the first the first FIFA series where they did the uh, players. Um, from different clubs. I think Diogo was playing at Wolves at the time and yeah. he was representing Wolves and Trent was representing Liverpool and Trent was pretty good. And he got battered. He got absolutely clapped. He got absolutely torn apart and couldn't figure yeah. out like what the hell was going on. Diogo's really good. He was in like a lot of the like the professional qualifiers of us. So when we were trying to qualify for the events, you like you see him just randomly Diogo Jota on the like the matchmaker yeah. list and you're like how's he here <laughs> this was when he was just at Wolves and he kind of was just settling in yeah um, did he ever was he ever allowed to use his uh, his player card in that no but I, I have played him online and matched him with his player card which was he said brutal. he played him in, he played for any of you who don't know professional players at certain times in, in FIFA they're given their own uh, their own card and it's basically a 99 card right the way through. So yeah. it's, it's a perfect card. He said he plays him in midfield. And it's like, he's just an absolute demon. But look, check out Kev uh, on at Clutch FIFA. Any questions you have on it, please ask him. And he will interact with anyone who, who's oh, yeah, uh, respectful. Uh, Luke, what you got planned for the weekend? Well, this weekend is the UFC 284 watch along uh, with myself and... Callum from Coppish over on Callum's channel, The Sanderson Show, 3 a.m. Sunday morning. <laughs> nice. Uh, Matt, what you got? You just vegging yes. out? I, I wouldn't turn the TV on at 3 p.m. on a Saturday to watch UFC. <laughs> so I applaud your dedication. That's wild. No, I'm. Uh, I, my wife is downstairs painting a wall right now, so I'm sure I'll have to deal with the fallout from all of that. But I, I plan on watching as much of the footy as I can, and then I got to bust my ass at work on Monday to make sure that I'm home for what is a 3 p.m. kickoff for me because, heaven forbid, I miss us giving away a stupid goal in the opening 13 seconds of a fucking game. So, All right. Listen, thanks for everyone in the chat. Uh, if you could smash a like button on the way out, I'd really appreciate it. Until next week, we'll see you guys tomorrow. No, Sunday. Yeah. The Fatback 4, and I'm sure they'll do a proper in-depth uh preview of the Everton game and myself and Matt are back for the post-match on Monday oh, night. Oh, I can't wait. Can't Have wait. Fun. So excited. I'm Thanks very fun. much for everyone. Cheers. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.